The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Well, good morning, church. Let, my, let me give you the welcome of the resurrection. If you are here today, that you're a regular member and you worship with us, may the power of the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead be with you. If you're visiting with us this morning, you're most welcome. And may that same power that rose Jesus from the dead be with you this morning. And if you're with us online or watching from home, that Spirit can go anywhere. May the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, be with you this Easter morning. We're in a sermon series called One in Christ. And so we've been reciting together from Ephesians chapter 4, 1 through 6. So if you'll stand with me and we'll recite this, we'll read this together. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6 says this. I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. You may be seated. Let's pray together. Father, as always, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for your word, Jesus. And particularly this morning for your resurrected word. And God, your resurrected word comes to us every week at this time. And we know our life is contingent on that word on your son Jesus and so as we pray with all honesty and authenticity we pray for ears to hear your word we pray for not only ears to hear but hearts to follow and lives and bodies that will obey God I ask for the gift of preaching For it is not my word that has power, but yours. Sent by your spirit to resuscitate and bring life to all the whole world. We pray in Jesus Christ, your resurrected son, your resurrected word to us. We pray in his name. Amen. One baptism. I was a little late in coming around to baptism. And it wasn't because I didn't think it was important. I I grew up in the church and I knew that baptism was important. But if I'm really honest, the reason I kind of came around late to baptism was believe it or not, I didn't want to get up in front of a bunch of people and be dunked underwater. I just didn't. It was too intimidating for me. It seemed a little bit embarrassing. So I kind of held it off until all my friends around me 
were starting to get baptized, and I thought, oh, well, I better do this as well. But it was a little bit more than just the social pressure of it. I started to feel, I think, what I look back now was that God working in my life and in my heart, and I felt convicted. I'm not sure what all I felt convicted of. I mean, I was told that I was, I was guilty of sin, and I felt that conviction. And I wasn't sure all the reasons or why, but I overcame my embarrassment and my shyness with a little social pressure, no direct pressure, just kind of indirect pressure. And then with the working of the Holy Spirit on my life, it was a weeknight so that not many people were there. And we met up at the church building and just a few people gathered around me in the baptistry. At the age of 15, I was baptized into Jesus Christ. Now, like I said, I didn't know what all that meant. But I did have this hunch that it meant two things. That being baptized, that I was baptized into Christ. I understood that language, and I didn't fully know what that meant, but I knew it connected me and made me one with Jesus in some mystical way. I didn't know. But I also knew it connected me with all of these people that I'd grown up with, with people like you that are sitting out there, that it connected me to this Christian community, what we call the church. But it was later on in college that I remember hearing a sermon or a talk. I don't remember what it was, but it came out of Romans chapter 6, 3 through 4, which says this. Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism and death, that, that in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have new life. And I don't remember hardly anything about what the preacher said, but that text stuck with me. I think I was old enough and mature enough to realize, huh, being baptized into Jesus is about being baptized into his story. Being baptized into Jesus is about being baptized into his death and his resurrection. And I'm not sure what all that meant. But I think I was mature enough at that point to say for the rest of my life, as far as I can tell, I want to explore and discover what that means to be baptized into God's story. Early Christians reflected on Jesus' own baptism that Steve talked about in his communion homily in order to understand God's story. And in Matthew 3, 16 and 17, they reflected on this text. They said, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Now, Christians soon began, began to make connections with another story involving water and the Spirit. Early Christians took this story about Jesus' baptism, and they soon began to talk about it with another story that involved water and baptism. I mean, water and Spirit. 
So in Genesis 1, if you remember, we're not going to put the text up there, but if you remember in Genesis 1, it talks about the, the very beginning that the earth was covered in water. And that the Spirit of God hovered over the waters of the deep. So the early church looked at Jesus' own baptism and they couldn't help but think about in the beginning this water and the Spirit that somehow went together in creation and somehow now it goes together in Jesus' baptism. And for them, they understood that water represented chaos. And then there's the Spirit hovering over this chaos. And in God's creative power, out of the watery chaos comes the world, order out of chaos. Then he takes this chaotic water, and God's Spirit hovers over it, and then by the power of God's Spirit through his word, which Spirit, that same word means breath, which is connected with with speaking, because when you speak, breath goes over your vocal cords. And so to think about the word of God is to think about the spirit of God. And God speaks his spirit, the power of that. So worlds erupt, order out of chaos, creation out of chaos. And at the very end of it, he says that it's good. That when God's spirit speaks over the water, he says, it's good. When order comes out of chaos, he says, it's good. And then finally, when he creates human beings, he says, now they are very good. So when Jesus comes out of the water and the spirit descends on him, this is a creation. What happens in the very beginning, when God creates the world, the church recognizes that in some small but hugely significant way, that when Jesus comes out of that water and the Spirit comes down on Jesus, they say, new creation has happened. It's a creation This is why some Christians refer to it in relationship to talking about creation, which happened in six days and then the seventh day God rested. That early Christians would talk about Jesus' baptism and the work of Jesus is to say, this is God's work on the eighth day. His new recreative work on the eighth day. It is a moment of birth. Or better yet, it's a moment of rebirth. It is recreation. And in this moment, it is God conferring or proclaiming that in Jesus Christ, who Jesus is and what he is doing in the world, this is God's intention about what humanity have should have been from the very beginning. The work on the eighth day.
So when we follow Jesus into baptism, we are reborn. We are restored. We are resurrected to be truly as God intended us to be. To be truly human. To be baptized is to recover that one new humanity that God first intended. And so the question comes up, what did God intend? Well, God intended this. He intended that human beings should be like Jesus. That in Jesus Christ, he is fully human. That means he's fully reconciled with humanity. And he's fully God. That means he's fully reconciled with God. This is what God intends for you and I. He intends for us to be fully reconciled together and fully reconciled with him. That is the eighth day. That is what God intended on the very first day. So when Jesus comes into the world, when he comes into resurrected or to give it new birth or to give it that eighth day recreative moment, it means that he comes down into the chaos first. He must go down into the waters of chaos before he can come up and experience the resurrective, recreative, new creation power of the Spirit. Jesus comes into the world to resurrect it, and he comes into the very chaos. Jesus becomes human to show us what it means to become human as God intends. And this is what it means. He becomes vulnerable to others, and he shows an incredible level of solidarity with them. And he does all this to reconcile them. So he enters right into the middle of this whole mess that we call creation. But the waters of baptism that his baptism represent is the chaotic waters of this world. He enters into our mess of hostility and division, of hatred. He enters into the whole mess of sin and death. He goes into the watery chaos to show solidarity with you and I so that we can be reconciled. Not only to one another, but to him as well. Jesus enters this chaos with great vulnerability and risk to show solidarity with needy humanity to show us love and reconciliation. That's the good news that we proclaim. That's the good news we celebrate on Friday, on Good Friday, and the good news we celebrate on Resurrection Sunday. He comes right into our mess with full confidence. He doesn't try to avoid it or sidestep it. He comes right into the whole thing. Becomes fully human. Now baptism is this. Baptism is a washing. It is a rebirth. It is a cleansing. 
is a new creation. It is moving from chaos to order. But if we want to talk about baptism as one baptism as being baptized into the story of God, we cannot help but notice that the story of God is that he doesn't avoid the chaos, that he comes right down into it. So when we're immersed into Jesus, when we're immersed into the story of his life, it means that we go into the chaos with him. Don't you know that all of you who are baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? You're baptized into the chaos. When we follow Jesus into the watery baptism, as one person I've heard say, we don't go with him to the Jordan River to be baptized. We don't go down into that river without stirring up a great deal of mud. If being baptized is being led to where Jesus is, being united with Jesus, then being baptized is being led towards chaos in a sense. Because you can't be reconciling as Jesus is when you're separated from other people. And I know you can agree with me on this. People are incredibly chaotic. Can I get an amen? People are incredibly chaotic. But if baptism is leading us into the life and story of Jesus, if it's leading us to where Jesus is, where do we find Jesus? We find him right in the midst of the chaos. Working towards reconciliation, loving, serving, being vulnerable. And so when we're baptized, we're put in the same spot, not taken out of the chaos in a sense, but walking with Jesus into the chaos to be with people, to love people, to be vulnerable around people, to be honest. Baptism does this, that God leads us with Jesus into the chaos, and Jesus lets down his guard and his defenses to love and be vulnerable with others, and though when we are baptized, we follow Jesus into the same chaos, but we go into it differently. We go with our defenses down. We're open to loving and to being loved, we're open to being vulnerable to those around us in hopes that they may know the reconciling work of God in the world. It means that when we enter into chaos, this chaotic world with love and vulnerability and letting down our defenses, that we do this because this is what Jesus does. And this is how God is reconciling the world. Now we can enter into the muddy waters of this world, into the chaos, just as Jesus did, because in baptism, it's not just the chaotic waters that we experience, that in baptism, in Jesus' baptism and ours, we encounter the Holy Spirit. We encounter that resurrecting power that God has through his spirit, that he raised Jesus from the dead, and so we too are raised to new life.
when we follow Jesus' story in baptism, that means we die to ourselves and let down our defenses, not only towards others, but also we let down our defenses towards God. It is an openness to the Spirit. Trusting that he can raise life out of chaos that humans create with one another. And humans create a lot of chaos with each other. And I think this openness to the Spirit comes as we go with Jesus into the world and we take risks to love others and to be vulnerable around others Because as we take those risks, as we take this real risk of becoming vulnerable and loving each other, there's a real possibility. And if you've lived long enough and followed Jesus long enough, you know this to be true. There's a real possibility you'll be hurt. I think one of the things that I imagine about baptism when I was baptized is that things would get better for me. And in some ways they did. I mean, I'm sure you can attest to that. But I wish we had time to go around and talk to all the people in this room that have been baptized for many, many years. And you could ask them, did life get better infinitely or forever? In some ways it did, right? But in other ways, But as we take that risk and try to follow Jesus into the chaotic world with love and vulnerability, we learn to be open to God's spirit because we don't know what's about to occur to us at any given moment. And some people respond with love and grace and others don't. And sometimes it's the people in our own midst that do that to us. And so it opens us, in a sense, to not trusting in our own selves, but to trusting in God's Spirit that give us power to actually lead a life of love and risk and vulnerability. And I would claim this is exactly how Jesus enters into the chaos of this world. Jesus enters into the chaos and is able to be totally vulnerable, is able to love and to serve, is able to lay down his life in the midst of hostile, chaotic people. Because he's open to the power of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit's work in his life. And so as we take that same risk with Jesus, to risk following Jesus into the chaotic waters of baptism and into the chaotic waters of this world in order to love and to serve and to be vulnerable and to be reconciling. We learn to be open to God's Spirit, trusting the Spirit to lead us, trusting God's Spirit to protect us, trusting God's Spirit to comfort us, and when we're hurt, trusting God's Spirit to heal us, Trusting God's spirit to forgive. Not only us, but God forgive them. They don't know what they're doing, as Jesus says.
Trust in God's spirit to work that reconciliation and to bring about resurrection. God's eighth day of creation. But in order to lay down one's defenses towards others and towards God, it means that we need to be in touch not only with the chaos outside, means that we need to be in touch with the chaos in here. Because if we're honest with ourselves, the world is very chaotic, but so is here. My life has been full of ups and downs and chaos, internal chaos, sin and death working, the waters of chaos swirling in my own heart and mind and in my life. And a baptized person is someone who's not afraid of looking honestly at the chaos of one's own life. For it's difficult for me to be open to and reconciling with others. That if I haven't dealt with the own chaos of my own life. Have any of you experienced this? To be fully present with someone else. To be engaged in their life. It's really difficult when there's chaos going in on your own life. I have several friends who have chosen to leave ministry like this in a church. And they've chosen to go into a chaplaincy in a hospital. And what's been interesting uh, is that as they've gone into these chaplaincy programs, typically once they get the job, which my friend had to write, uh, I think it was about 18 pages single spaced on his application telling his own story in detail and about the trauma and the chaos of his own life. And then once he got accepted to be a chaplain, he spends a year in training. A year in training. And most of that training, while it's some pastoral care and while it's to how, how to handle different situations and how to listen, most of that training is self-reflection. Most of that training is becoming fully aware of the chaos in one's own life. So that way, when you walk into the rooms, emergency rooms, on hospital beds, in, in uh, situations where people are dying or have just died, and there's incredible stress and chaos going on in people's lives, that you're aware of the chaos in your own life, and you can separate yourself, that chaos, out and be fully present in the chaos of someone else. Because the number one way, they say to burn out in that job or to not be effective in that job is that you walk into a chaotic situation and it brings up all the chaos that you haven't dealt with. Anybody ever been in that situation? Maybe not in a hospital. Is it difficult to really pay attention, to be vulnerable and to love when you haven't dealt with your own chaos? I'm telling you, it's almost impossible. 
But those who are baptized are those who are willing to be honest. It doesn't mean all the chaos goes away inside, but they're willing to be honest about the chaos in their own lives and submit that to God. So they can be vulnerable enough to go out and love in a world. That's how you can truly love. When we're honest about the chaos in our own lives, we're willing to show solidarity with others through love and vulnerability. And we trust God. That he'll raise us out of the waters of death to encounter his spirit and to be named his sons and daughters. Christians called God's work in Jesus Christ the eighth day. And if you go back and look historically, you'll find that there are a lot of baptistries in the first few centuries, and then even up through uh, into kind of the Middle Ages, that there are baptistries or baptismal fonts that are shaped with eight sides. And they did this intentionally and symbolically. Because they believed that the work of Jesus Christ was God's eighth day of work where he created a new humanity. As St. Ambrose wrote, he said that baptismal, baptistries are octagonal because on the eighth day, by rising, Christ loosens the bondage of death and receives the dead from their graves. Jesus shows us what it means to be human. In all vulnerability, to enter into the chaos of our lives and to love us so deeply. And he calls us to follow him into the waters of baptism, into the chaotic waters, to be vulnerable enough to go into the world to be love them. so that they may know what reconciliation looks like. As Ephesians puts it, God's intent is that there's one new humanity reconciled with each other and with God. We are all baptized into one story. It's Christ's story. Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into the chaos in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have And that new life is one that lives out God's story of being reconciled with others and being reconciled with God. That's the story. And 
for those of us that have been baptized, baptism is not an end. Baptism is a beginning. Baptism is this rebirth or this reawakening to what God's doing in the world and it's following Him into the waters of baptism and being raised with Him in order to discover what God is fully doing in Jesus Christ. And that is reconciling us with one another and reconciling us with God. And if you haven't been baptized, wonder what God is up to in the world. If you've experienced the chaos with other people in your life, if you've experienced the chaos within yourself, Jesus invites you to come and die, to be buried, to enter the waters of chaos in order to be raised again by the power of His Spirit to new life, one that is right with one another, one that is right with God. One baptism, one story, one Christ. If you want to be baptized today,